Good evening and welcome to Steadfast. I am so glad to be with you once again. And tonight we're doing something a little different. We are on location for Steadfast. I am in a parking garage. Now, why am I in a parking garage to talk about proppers? What would be the, the use of that? Well, it's the parking garage for Streets of St. Charles, just a little ways away from Little Hills Church. And the notable thing about this parking garage is it's part of a development that has been going on for I think over a decade now that took a piece of property that didn't seem to be going anywhere and turned it into a thriving development with all kinds of trendy restaurants and shops and places to live, uh, hotels, etc. There's a ton more being built right behind me as well. What strikes me about that is the long-term vision someone had to have in order to build this property. Sure, you have a parking garage, but you don't just start with a parking garage. You, you have to acquire the land, you have to plan out the buildings, and then a parking garage only makes sense if things are going to develop from it. It takes building a strong foundation and then having the patience to see it develop. And as we continue tonight in exploring what Lady Wisdom has to tell us, she's encouraging us to be thinking about what the parking garages we should be envisioning building in our lives look like. Because a lot of times we look and we see an undeveloped piece of property in our lives and we're thinking, what can be built quickly? And this property, over time, different people had tried to build different things after its original restaurant that covered this land, Noah's Ark, maybe some of you remember it. After that closed, people try to figure out what to do with it and often it was, well, what could they hack together? Could they spray paint the Ark and turn it into a different kind of restaurant that wasn't Noah's Ark any longer, something like that, but didn't stand the test of time. But now we're in this huge structure, this strong structure that stand the test of time, stand the weather that's outside, it can stand all sorts of things. And so what we're encouraged to do is to recognize our impatience, our impatience that draws us to things that aren't wise. And through that, then be better prepared to accept what wisdom has to say to us, what God's wisdom has to say to us. So let's go ahead and pray and ask that God would help us to think more clearly about his wisdom, have the patience to recognize his spirit working in us, then be prepared to watch him build. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your wisdom that you share with us. Lord, we pray that you would guide us tonight to to see those places where we aren't necessarily eager to wait and watch you build. That we don't want to, to see what could take a decade or two decades or a lifetime to build, but we want to see what we can slap some paint on and open up right now. Lord, would you help us to have the patience and to be used by you and then to be encouragers to others as they also await your rebuilding of their lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Well, we start tonight in verse 24 of Proverbs chapter 1. We picked up Proverbs chapter 1 last time. 
this is the next few verses that we're looking at, just the rest of that passage. And we see it begins like this. Lady Wisdom says, Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. So what is the problem that Lady Wisdom is trying to draw our attention to here? It really boils down to this, that we refuse to hear her call. Human beings as a, as a whole refuse to hear her call. I know when they were talking about building this development, many people were skeptical of it. I was skeptical of it. I really just wanted them to save Noah's Ark, and I would love still to think that that restaurant was there. It was so unique, a, a building that looked like Noah's Ark with all kinds of neat concrete animals outside. It was a neat place, and yet it, it had been closed for years. It didn't have anyone that wanted to reopen it. I understand it was deeply damaged. And people started talking about this Streets of St. Charles thing. It was hard to imagine how could it actually work. And oftentimes it's hard to imagine how God's wisdom can work in our lives. We, we hear it and we think, but that's not how people get ahead. That's not how success happens. And so we say, well, do I really have to heed Lady Wisdom's call? It's an ongoing problem. How long do I have to wait? Because even after we start to say, well, maybe I'd like God to be working in my life. Maybe I want to heed his wisdom. We try it for a little while and we still see other people succeeding in ways that maybe we aren't. Just like the Israelites, they're out in the wilderness. They they start to heed God's wisdom, and yet they quickly rebel again because they say, but those other peoples, they seem to be more successful than we are. It's an ongoing problem. We keep turning away. Here's the flip side of that. There's an ongoing problem that we don't heed God's wisdom, and that's what Lady Wisdom is bringing to us. She says, how long will you go on not listening? How long are you going to keep seeking after other things that ultimately will lead to your destruction? Because God's wisdom is calling. He's calling to each of us. And the question is, am I going to respond to that call? Do I want him to start that redevelopment process in my life? Too often we're not eager for that. We see a very different picture in the Psalms that portray the faithful who are eager for God's wisdom to, to dawn on them. For example, Psalm 130, verse 6 talks about watchmen waiting for God's light to dawn. That's not how we often think. We're thinking, what's going to make this week successful? What's going to make this day successful? I don't know how to get through today. I just want to do something that makes it work. So we turn away from what God has called us to do. Take a look at what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 6. It says, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. And find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. I sent watchmen over you saying, Pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not pay attention. Therefore hear, O nations, and know, O congregation, what will happen to them. 
Hear, O earth, behold, I am bringing disaster upon this people, the fruit of their devices, because they have not paid attention to my own words. As for my law, they have rejected it. Jeremiah is saying to the people, God's offered you a way of peace. God's offered you restoration. He's offered a way that is good for you, and yet the people say they will not follow. It's the same call and the same response that Lady Wisdom refers to, that people hear the call to God's wisdom, a path that ultimately provides peace, just as Jeremiah said. And yet they say, we will not follow. Not just they, us. We often say, we will not follow. And maybe we don't say that explicitly, but we say, not today. Not right now. Maybe it's right for someone else right now, but not for me right now, because there are too many things on my plate that are calling my attention. I have to do it a different way. Or there are too many challenges that doing it God's way, those challenges aren't going to be solved by doing it God's way, because God's way is going to call me to love my neighbor, and right now I just need to watch out for myself. God's way calls me to be patient as he works in me. Right now I just want success, whatever it might be. And so we, we put the snooze on the reminder to follow God's wisdom. Reminds me of what I often do. I, I like to use Alexa, the, the digital smart assistant, if we can really put the word smart on her title. And oftentimes it seems like she isn't that smart. But I like to use her to give me reminders about things I need to do. And I'll ask her, I'll say, Alexa, would you remind me in an hour to, to pay the bill, for example? And then an hour comes and I'm busy with other things. I don't want to stop for that. So I'll say, Alexa, snooze for two hours and then maybe two more hours and the next thing you know i've snoozed it for 12 hours but it's the end of the day and i'm still not ready to do it the end of the next day at some point she complained she said she'll say i can only set timers for 24 hours and and so i've delayed that reminder for over 24 hours now i've hit the end of her limit and when we snooze god's wisdom we're we're saying god remind me in an hour remind me in two hours i'll follow your wisdom in time. But at some point, God's going to say, you've hit the limit of snoozing that reminder. And so we cast off something that offers us peace, something that offers us life, something that offers us true lasting success for the momentary success. A few times when I've snoozed that alarm on Alexa, I've ended up snoozing it so long that I end up being late for whatever it was that she was going to remind me of. You don't want to do that with God's wisdom. There is a time, Lady Wisdom says, that it will be too little, too late to say, I want God's wisdom. And she talks about that in those verses we read just a moment ago, verses 25 to 28. There's, there's an irony in those verses because we're told in the passage we looked at last week that, that Lady Wisdom is calling to us saying, follow me, follow God's wisdom, follow this life-giving wisdom. Yet later on in verses 25 and following, we see now the people are calling to her saying, let us follow you. But it says that she responds with laughter. She won't respond by offering her wisdom any longer. She was warning that the storm was coming, but now the rain is here. It's here and nothing can be done about it. Now, the fact that in verse 26 she laughs sounds a little harsh. Is she cruel? But rather, commentators have suggested, and I think this is catching the spirit of Lady Wisdom, she's laughing at just the ridiculousness, the absurdity of the fact that the God of the universe offers his wisdom to us, and we say, we think we know better. I'll save it for later. I don't need it right now. How ridiculous is that when we really think about it? 
even those of us who say we know Jesus too often say, I'll get to God's wisdom later. I'll get to God's wisdom about being in fellowship with Christians in the body of Christ and church later. I'll, I'll get to reading the Bible later. I'll get to, to tithing later. I'll get to loving my neighbor later. I'll get to rejecting those who scorn and scoff and act foolishly later. We say all these things. And then later never comes. Listen to what Lady Wisdom says are the natural consequences of that slapping of the, the snooze button over and over again. Verse 29. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. And this comes back to that absurdity I was talking about as Lady Wisdom laughs at the people calling out to her. The absurdity of it is that people get exactly what they ask for. We get exactly what we ask for when we ignore God's wisdom. We say, I want it my own way. I want it under my own control, on my own terms. And so we go ahead and we chase after those terms. And when they happen, we say, God, why are you allowing this to happen? And this, again, isn't something that just other people do. I do it. I'd imagine every single person listening tonight has done this. But it's our own doing. And we see here in, in, this, in these verses that we just read that it isn't just general proverbial wisdom. There's lots of wisdom in Proverbs that sounds like it, it's just almost secular wisdom. It's good wisdom. It's from God, but we can almost unplug it from God. And so we think, well, God's just offering general wisdom. This is wisdom about God. Because when he offers us general wisdom, what's he doing? He's offering us knowledge of of himself. He's offering us knowledge of who he is because he's the one that made us and made the world to work in that way. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. That's what she says. And so this folly of pushing the snooze button, of looking at that development where there's just buildings collapsing and saying, eh, nothing can come of it that's worthwhile if I try to go so grand as to build towers and, and, and build parking garages that can withstand everything, including storms. The folly of that is that we get exactly what we want. It never does develop. We're putting in the order, but we don't even realize it. Then we wonder what happened. I heard an amusing story a few years ago about a man and his wife. They had bought a brand new barbecue pit. They, they live in Philadelphia in the middle of the city. and It's hard to get to a big box store from their house because they don't have a car, they just use mass transit, and they wanted to buy some charcoal. And so you, you think about a problem like that, if you don't have something to haul a big bag of charcoal in, what do you do? Well, you order it to be delivered. That's what we do most of the time anyway now, right? We go on Amazon or, or Walmart or wherever and we order our, our order. And so this man's wife went on and ordered charcoal on Amazon. happened that are unexpected. That's exactly what happened in this order. Because you see, they hadn't barbecued in quite a long time, but the woman didn't really know how much charcoal was selling for today. She thought it sounded a little expensive, but hauling it in a truck, okay, so she went ahead and pressed the order. They really wanted to get their barbecue pit going. Well, a few days later, the order arrived and they tried to open their front door. It won't open. And, and they managed to get outside and they realized the reason it won't open is that she didn't order a bag of charcoal. 
She ordered a pallet of charcoal. Hundreds of pounds of charcoal had been delivered. No wonder it cost so much. And so she thought she was just getting a little something for the moment, trying to save the inconvenience of how to get it to their house. And she didn't really pay attention to the full terms of what she was ordering. And, and now they had to deal with all this charcoal. They apparently have a whole charcoal storage area in their basement now, and probably will for years, because they bought so much charcoal, charcoal they didn't need. Charcoal they cer certainly couldn't use in a rain like the one happening right now. And so we, we don't really realize the consequences of what we're doing. All our charcoal ends up wet in the rain, and we say, what happened? Then we go back to the Amazon product page and we realize, oh, it's because I ordered a pallet of charcoal. We are ordering pallets of sin. We are ordering pallets of the consequences of our rejection of God's wisdom and favoring earthly wisdom. And, and we don't realize the full weight of it. And we're trying to figure out what to do with it when it happens. We try to see if we can clear space in our basement to store all those boxes of worldly wisdom that have reaped consequences we don't want. Lady Wisdom looks at the absurdity of that. And that's when she's laughing. Can't return it. They couldn't return that charcoal because the shipping to send it back, there wasn't an error on Amazon's part, so they would have had to pay the shipping. The shipping would have been astronomical. It made no sense to return it. They were just stuck with all that charcoal. But we need to find a solution. And the starting point of that, I think, is to, to recognize why we fall for foolishness over and over again. Just like that order of charcoal, she was in a hurry. She didn't really want to read the product page. She just wanted the convenience of getting that charcoal. And oftentimes when we reject God's wisdom, we're not reading the product page of sin. Most of the time that's the case. We don't really think about the consequences. We just press the order button. Then it arrives and there's no way to return it. And once we start to see that folly and we... We ask and interrogate our own choices and say, are these God-pleasing choices? Are the things that I'm doing things that God would want me to do? Are these the things that lead to eternal life and peace? Or am I scoffing at other people? Am I snickering at them in their failures? Am I rejoicing in people that need the truth but don't yet have it because it makes me feel superior? Am I doing these things? Then we start to be prepared for a better way to scroll to the right product page and press for you. That's what we see when we turn to verses 32 and 33. We follow wisdom right now. Listen to what Lady Wisdom says. She says, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure, will be at ease without the dread of disaster. Think about those promises. As we hear those, it shows how ridiculous our choosing to follow worldly wisdom really is. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure. Whoever does so will be at ease and without dread of disaster. What does Lady Wisdom say? If you follow me, she says, things are going to be good. The very success you crave will be yours. You know what we say? When I follow God's wisdom, and yet the thunder is still roaring in my life. The storms, the rain is still pouring in my life. It doesn't seem like it's improving things. Maybe I'll go back to that worldly wisdom. We think that. And we compare our lives and we look at, at people who are, are just going by the ways of the world. And it seems like everything is going just as well for them in the moment. The storms are, are rolling in on, on all of us, not just those who choose worldly wisdom. 
What's the difference between someone who chooses worldly wisdom and God's wisdom? It comes down to our preparation. Sometimes we're in that stage where the old buildings that are dilapidated are being torn down and there's just an empty lot in our life and nothing seems to be happening. But those who understand God's wisdom and how he works wait patiently. I referenced Psalm 130, verse 6 earlier. Listen to these words. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. What do we see in that description from the psalmist? The psalmist is anxious for God's fullness to be revealed, anxious for God's presence to be fully revealed. And so what does he do? Just like a, a night watchman waiting for the dawning of the sun to know that his shift is up and it's time for day to arrive again, the person guarding an ancient city at night where it would be vulnerable, and, and finally now he can rest again. He's anxious for the morning to come, the sun to rise. And that's how we should be. We're anxious. Even when things are going really, really poorly in the moment, even when right now it's hailing out there, you, you can hear this storm and you probably can't hear me very well. The storm is coming. What do we do? We say, I don't trust what God's doing. I don't trust that he's going to work. I'm going to run away. Or do we say, I'm in the security of this foundation that God's built. I'm in this, this massive garage that God has built. And it just looks like a garage right now. There's nothing completed on top. And yet I know the building on top is coming. And right now I'm going to rest in God's protection, even in the storm. Even as things are coming down in unpredictable ways. That's what the watchmen's do. That's what we're called to do. And that's what comes for the person who heeds Lady Wisdom. It might be roaring in the moment. You might be shouting in the moment, trying to get over the, the din of the storm, and yet we know that God's working in that. So what do we do? What is Lady Wisdom doing here? What is she calling us to do? Well, she's not saying these things just for amusement. She's saying them to call us to repentance, to, to recognize that things can be better when we turn to the world. When we say, that storm out there, I want nothing of that. We're going to turn instead of the Lord. And so that's what we're called to do. Sometimes it's hard. We think, but where's God in this? How is he working this? Am I faith in this? But we know that God is perfect. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. What is the result of us joining with that watch? What, what is the result of us eagerly awaiting the Lord? Well, to move to permanence. Just in the moment, we may still see the storms come and the storms go. But in eternity, experience God's peace. And that's what Lady Wisdom wants us to recognize. It's not, it's not the short-term things we're snatching onto this worldly wisdom, but something that won't just pass by, but will be in our lives forever. That's what we get when we're in God's wisdom, but it takes patience. And I really think if we boil down this whole section of what she's trying to get our attention on, she's calling us to the fact that so often we choose what seems good in the moment because we're not patient enough for what's good in eternity. Reminds me of planting a berry bush. I, I planted a number of berry bushes, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, 
and a number of them were planted two or three years ago now, and they haven't produced any berries yet. If you planted different sorts of plants you can harvest, you know that many of them don't provide an immediate crop. Yes, some things we plant tomatoes, we get tomatoes the same year, we plant peppers, we get peppers the same year. But even that takes some patience. We plant them at the beginning of the season so that we can harvest them later in the season. It takes patience, it takes watering, it takes care for them. It takes things like the bees buzzing around and pollinating the flowers that don't seem to do anything immediately after and yet produce good fruit. How much more so when we plant, say, a berry bush? Should we wait years for it to provide a harvest? And yet, I'm excited. I'm looking at my berry bushes and they're, they're really growing this year. Maybe this will be the year there's finally some delicious raspberries on them. But it takes patience. And, and if I'm only cultivating what's going to give me fruit in the moment, I'm not cultivating good fruit. I'm not cultivating lasting fruit. One of the amazing things when you think about the sorts of plants we plant that take years to produce fruit, is they also provide fruit for years. The ones that provide fruit in a given season go away after that season. So often when we cultivate in our lives the things of the world, they're more like those annual plants. Maybe they're delicious in the moment, but next year they're gone. Next day they're gone. Next hour they're gone. Can we instead view what our lives are as a berry bush, as a, a, a tree in an orchard. It's going to take years as God prunes it and prepares it. Yeah, he's going to bring good fruit. If you think about our This Week at, at Little Hills series we're doing right now, going through the fruit of the Spirit, we're hearing about that sort of fruit, that fruit that takes time as the Spirit works in us. It produces something delicious for ourselves and for those around us. Let's take a look at that whole passage again that we've been looking at on Thursdays. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So what are we going to do with our lives? We think about those fruit being described there, or that fruit being described there in Galatians 5. We think about different aspects of it, like love and joy and peace and patience. These things don't get us ahead in the moment. They, they seem like sitting in an empty lot that's undeveloped. They don't feel like the fully completed development with the garages and the towering buildings and the customers coming in and the people moving into the apartments. And, this feels like an empty lot. Oftentimes when we when we love people, what do we find? We find they don't love us back and they're, they're cool to us. Oftentimes when we have joy, it seems like everyone just wants to sour that joy on us. Oftentimes when we choose the path of peace rather than the path of aggression and clawing our way to the top, other people seem to rise to the top. When we're patient with people, they don't reward us, but they instead take advantage of our patience, our kindness, our goodness, our faithfulness, self-control, and gentleness seem to just be the exact opposite of what the world says we need to get ahead. So we say, instead of self-control, I'm going to just do whatever I want in the moment. I'm not going to try to control myself because I want some fruit I can harvest right now. Maybe in the moment it tastes really delicious. But the next time a storm comes, it knocks down that plant. The next time it gets cold outside, that plant dies. 
God's calling us to a plant that won't die in the cold and the frigid conditions of life, that a storm, even with hail, won't beat to, to smithereens and destroy, but rather something lasting, that berry bush that will grow year and year and year again. That development that in the moment for maybe even years looks like some dirt and some concrete that turns into something permanent and lasting. God's calling us to be tended for the long term, to recognize that we answer Lady Wisdom's call. It's going to require patience. It's going to require self-control. But the good news is that the Spirit brings those things out, those fruit that we've been talking about. And, and as God brings out that fruit in our lives, he brings out more and more and more of it. The, the little berry plants send out runners and establish new plants. Sometimes that's new parts of our life demonstrating God's goodness, and sometimes that's us evangelizing to others who see what God's doing in our lives. God using us as an example of his love, bringing more people into his kingdom. That's lasting fruit, good fruit, that will not disappoint. Let's hear Lady Wisdom's call as we go through the next weeks and we think more about God's wisdom in this series. Let us hear God's call when it takes patience. Can you pray with me, please? Father, we ask that you would guide us, that you would help us to have patience. That if we are choosing instead the path to worldly wisdom, because it seems like in the moment maybe it offers something better, that you'd help us to see and to hear your call and to chase after what lasts instead. Lord, we can't do it on our own, but we pray for the help of your Spirit, that you would enable us to trust in you, to trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and to receive your Spirit and to be transformed by your Spirit. And then to be reminded over and over again when, when our lives feel like endless construction zones, Lord, would you help us to look at the, the artist's rendering of the completed life? Because we find that in your Word and we see in that lasting, permanent peace that you promise. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. As I always say, and you probably get tired of me saying it, would you please give this a like and a share? Sharing it on your page, giving it a like, leaving a comment, sending it to a friend. These are the things that we can do to say, hey, we're studying God's word together. And I, to say to that person that's not yet a part of that, I'd love for you to be a part of that. You can help spread God's word better than the best plants that's spreading out runners because God has sent us even in the noise of life to share his word, to share his hope and to share it together and I thank you for helping to do that. You can also do that by joining together with the body of Christ here at Little Hills. If you haven't already, I hope you'll start attending on Sunday nights. You can do that in person or online every Sunday night at 530. It's amazing to watch God work. It requires patience to see a church plant going too. We're coming up to four years since Little Hills was even announced, five years since the process began to get Little Hills going. It's a long process, but it's a joyful process as we see God working. And I hope that you'll be a part of it if you're not already. And if you are a part of it, what a joy it is to share that with you. I'm glad that you are here tonight. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week. If there's any way I can be praying for you, feel free to text the number on screen. Leave a comment in the comments below, a prayer request in the comments below, and we can pray for each other together. And then I hope to see you here again. Well, not in this garage. I'll be back in my normal spot, but park yourself wherever you are again. 
and we'll join together next week as we dig into God's Word further. Have a wonderful and blessed week, and I'll see you again soon.